Greetings and welcome to another different church podcast. My name is Jarrett and I hope you are having an awesome day. It is 1.30 a.m. Wednesday night slash Thursday morning and I owe you all an apology. I'm sorry I'm getting this done so late. Uh, this past weekend, uh, Tiffany and I celebrated our anniversary. So I uh, wasn't really able to get everything done in a timely manner. So forgive me. Hopefully you still have time to listen this week. Um, as you know, we don't really have any full-time staff at the church. So if I'm not able to handle it when I'm you know, wanting to, I don't really have anybody to pass it off to. And then I just kind of have to fit things in during the work week. And we all know how that can get. Anyway, all that to say, we have an awesome podcast here for you. Uh, Hannah has a really good message about fear, and I'm afraid you're going to love it. That was dumb. Should I delete it? I'm going to keep it. <laughs> uh, the only thing I want to tell you about this week, we've been talking about it for a couple weeks now, and that is small groups. If you were interested in joining a small group, we would love to have you. We have three options. We have a virtual group in case you only want to meet via Zoom, or if maybe you're just like, I don't know, don't want to be awkward around people you don't know. You can always jump in on the Zoom group. That's Monday nights. The uh, St. Pete group is Wednesday nights. And the Tampa group is Friday nights. Just head over to diff.church. You don't have to put .com in or anything like that. Just diff.church. That's kind of like our central hub. And then from there, you will see a tab labeled groups. And on there, you can click the one you're interested in and sign up. Or if that's too weird for you, feel free to shoot us an email. It's hello at diffchurch.com or reach out on social media. We would love to have you join up with us. The groups are going to be launching the week of March 15th. Okay, that is the only announcement I have for you today. Hannah is going to deliver a message about fear, but first she has a very special announcement. I have a special announcement. Next Sunday, it's the last Sunday in February, and we are going to have a special guest named Michaela, who if you were here during like November, December, when Guiana was traveling the world, and living her best life. Um, she came and sang for us, so she is wonderful. But she also works for a local anti-sex trafficking organization in St. Petersburg. So she is going to come and speak to us about what that is, what it's like, all kinds of questions she is going to answer. Um, it's gonna be kind of a Q&A. Um, if you were here a while back, you may know we did that with mental health recently. Um, we have like kind of like a Q&A panel discussion on mental health. So we love doing things like that. But she would like me to announce to you, if you have any questions, maybe you know nothing about sex trafficking, maybe you have some questions you want answered, please send them to us so that she can address them next week. Cool? cool. Sweet. I'm really excited. Hey, how should they send them to us? Uh, at diff.church. Go to diff.church and hit the button to send us a contact <laughs> is the way I will say, send us an email, get it to us via the interweb. You can email it to hello at diffchurch.com. Okay, secondly, for Black History Month, we are celebrating black people and everything amazing that they do. So as I introduced last week and the week before, we have one person we're celebrating because I think you should know who this person is. So this is our person for this week. His name is Garrett Morgan. He is famous for several reasons. One is he invented the three signal traffic light. Before that, there was only two signals. So no running yellow lights for you. Um, he also invented like the predecessor to the gas mask. But why I think you should know who he is is because he invented a sewing machine attachment that makes a zigzag stitch. Who cares? 
You care if you wear anything made out of stretchy fabric. Okay, so a sewing machine used to only make straight seams. That's great if you're making towels. They don't have any stretch. If you wear like a cute knit top or basketball shorts or yoga pants of any kind, you can thank Garrett Morgan because without him, that would have all had to be done by hand. So no yoga pants for you, okay? So <laughs> the next time you are wearing yoga pants or anything made out of stretchy fabric or dry fit or anything, thank a black person, Garrett Morgan. He made that possible. And now, with um, almost no wonderful transition at all, <laughs> we are going to talk about fear. And if I planned this better, I would have like a cool soundtrack of Halloween Horror Nights playing in the background now, but I didn't plan. And I'm not going to blow your eardrums out by doing it myself. So we're going to go New Testament. Now what I have are a list of some common things that people are afraid of. So please participate, okay? Are you afraid of any of these? The first one is heights. Got a couple people? Yes? How about this one? <laughs> that is much more. Spiders. Um, how about this one? Small enclosed spaces. Claustrophobia. Yes. Public speaking. <laughs> That's most of you. <laughs> you don't want to come up here? It's not that scary. Mostly I can't even, I can like barely see you because of the lights. How about this one? <laughs> Do you know how hard it was to find a picture of just like a normal happy clown? I, I was like, clowns, happy clowns. Like there's nothing but pictures of it online. And I am not trying to give you nightmares at church. Okay, finally we have this one. The dentist. Yeah. Now I'm not personally afraid of any of those but I'm afraid of falling. Like, I could be way up high, it doesn't bother me, but I could be two inches off the ground if I feel like I'm falling, freak out. I, <laughs> I literally will lose my mind. Okay, so we're talking about fear. Those are some common things people are afraid of. So our scripture today comes from Matthew chapter eight, and we're gonna read it, and then we're gonna talk about it. This is what it says. Then Jesus got into a boat and started across the lake with his disciples. And suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we are going to drown. And Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. And then he got up and rebuked the wind and the waves, and there was a great calm, and the disciples were amazed. Why? They woke him up. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and waves obey him. This is one of my favorite Bible stories. I think it's hilarious. Jesus gets in the boat. The disciples gets in the boat. They're sailing along. A storm comes. Jesus is very tired. That's my baby. <laughs> Sound effects brought to you by a tiny baby Nova. <laughs> um, so he's very tired. He's dealing with the crowds and the people and the disciples. I'm very tired to deal with tiny baby Nova all night long. <laughs> and a storm suddenly appears, not just any storm, like a crazy Florida lightning storm that like spawned tornadoes a few nights ago. That kind of storm. Jesus is still sleeping. Anybody can sleep through anything in here? Hate you. <laughs> Hate you so much. <laughs> I am what I would call a high maintenance sleeper. So the room has to be cold and dark 
and I have to be in my own bed with my own pillow. Like literally, if I'm traveling, I will sacrifice room in my suitcase so I can take my own pillow everywhere I go. Um, if I'm traveling, I have an app on my phone that makes fan noise because God forbid I have to listen to myself breathe. <sighs> and above all else, no annoying sounds. Yes, you can imagine sleeping next to a tin week old there's not much sleeping going on because she makes noise all night long. She like grunts and sighs and rolls around and flails her body and just like all night long. Just she just grunts. It could mean she's hungry. It could mean she has to poop. It could mean she's just unhappy with life. It could mean she's perfectly happy. You don't know. So I just get to lay there with this like one foot from my head all night long. And I'm just like, not Jesus. Jesus sleeping through the whole thing. He's not a high maintenance sleeper. Now, crazy storm. We know for a fact Peter and Andrew and James and John were all fishermen, like professional fishermen. Potentially a few more of the disciples were, but like these were professional fishermen. This is not their first time in a boat, okay? John, James and John, they had a nickname. They were called the Sons of Thunder. Sons of God. Sons of Thunder. Okay, where do you get that nickname from if you have not been around thunder, right? Like, it's not their first time in a boat. It's not their first time in a storm. It is their first time in a storm with Jesus in the boat. But this time, they lose their minds. They're terrified. That's weird to me. They're having a crisis. Do you ever feel like God is sleeping through your crisis? So it's almost like Jesus being there becomes this crutch for them. Yeah, Jesus is in the boat. They automatically assume it should be smooth sailing. And they lose their mind. So they wake Jesus up. Can you imagine the nerve to wake God up? Jesus is sleeping. They don't wake him up gently like, hey, Jesus. Hi, buddy. <laughs> We're having like a hard time here. Maybe if you could like help us. It would be great. No, they wake him up by shouting at him. Save us, we're going to drown. They wake up God, who is in such a deep sleep that he does not hear the lightning or the thunder or the rain or the disciples losing their minds. He doesn't hear any of that. They wake him up by screaming in his face. Okay. I think that takes some, um, you know what I mean. So it seems like they did not understand the full implications of what getting in the boat meant because they actually had to leave the, store, the, the shore. So the storm comes, and they're upset because Jesus seems uninterested in their safety and sleeping. And I think Jesus is asking them, like, what did you sign up for here? Like the boat, would you just think we were just gonna hang out by the shore? So here's an example. This is a real life illustration of me when I was a teenager, like maybe 12, 11, 12. So, I went to MGM Studios, which is now called Hollywood Studios. It is the best Disney park, in my opinion, except for Epcot, for adult reasons. Um, <laughs> so, but when you're a kid, MGM, I think, is the best because they have the Rock and Roller Coaster and the Tower of Terror. The Tower of Terror is my favorite ride of all time, but when I was like 11 or 12, I'd never been on it before. So my brother and I go on this ride, and it was before they had like individual seatbelts for each person, so there was like a lap bar that came down for all four people in the row. And there's me, I was like, this big. And then there was a pretty large dude next to me, like six feet tall, like pretty big guy. So the lap bar was not on my lap. It was like this far off my lap. 
So I was like, cool. It's called the Tower of Terror. I've been to the Haunted Mansion. <laughs> this should be no big deal. <laughs> I am your host, your ghost host. Uh, no, that is not the Tower of Terror. Literally, my brother, like, it dropped. I screamed my head off, and I almost came out of the seat because the lap bar was so far off my lap. Like, I remember my brother grabbing my shoulder and being like, foo! <laughs> like, shoving me down into the seat. And then the next time we went, like, a couple years later, I was like, oh, there's now individual seatbelts. So maybe somebody, like, flew out of the ride. <laughs> Come on, Disney. <laughs> so it was as advertised. Like, what did I think I was signing up for? A mild fright? <laughs> I mean, like, oh, you gave me a fright. No, the Tower of Terror. And I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that I'm terrified in the Tower of Terror. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly what happens to the disciples. They're like, oh, get in a boat in storms. And they're like, oh my God, a storm is happening. This is not what I signed up for. The sign on the boat said, go into the water and there will be a storm. But I was like, surely that, that's a lie. It'll just be some waves, and I'll be like rocked like a lullaby. No. Jesus, like, what do we think he came here for? Okay? Jesus came to save humanity. He came to earth, gave up heaven, and was beaten, and tortured, and crucified, and died, and was buried, and rose again, and ascended to heaven, and is sitting at the right hand of God, and it will be coming back again to begin a new age where all the heavens and the earth are refreshed and renewed and put back to their beautiful, wonderful space that they should be in, and we think that Jesus wants us to just get in the boat and never leave the shore? What do you think you signed up for? For the podcast people, I just made a crazy face. <laughs> so, like, let's think about this. Let's talk about anxiety for a second, because this is something I deal with, so I know what it feels like, okay? I know what it feels like to feel super overwhelmed by even the most tiny, small, mundane task. And just be like, I can't do it. I know what it's like to lie awake all night, just obsessing and worrying about something. And then in the morning, you're like, I literally cannot get out of bed today. I know what it's like to feel like constant general panic about everything and nothing. People will be like, what's wrong? You'll be like, I know. Everything. And they're like, everything can't be wrong. So, well, yes, but maybe it's not, but it feels wrong. The thing about anxiety and the thing about fear is generally, we are not drowning in what we fear. We are drowning in our fear. The disciples were not actually drowning. Did you catch this? The boat had not sank. The waves, they weren't in the water. The boat had not capsized. Jesus was still sleeping. They didn't say, Jesus, wake up. We're actually drowning. They said, wake up. We're going to drown. And I can imagine Jesus just being like, guys, come on. Because literally just prior to this in Matthew chapter 6, he taught about fear and this is what he said. And the disciples were there and they all heard this. This is Jesus talking. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work. They don't make their clothing. And yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and they're burned up in a fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why 
do you have so little faith? In fact, that's exactly what Jesus asks the disciples. He wakes up, and the first thing out of his mouth is, why do you have so little faith? And then he rebukes the wind and the waves, and there's great calm. And then the disciples are amazed. That strikes me as hilarious. They wake Jesus up, begging him to save them, and then he does, in fact, save them, and they're like, I cannot believe that's what happened. <laughs> well, then what did you wake him up for? Just let him sleep. <laughs> Leave God alone. If you're going to be shocked when he actually does what you ask him for. It's interesting, though, that Jesus talks to the wind and the waves. Why? Because creation has to obey him. People have a choice. And the disciples already made their choice. They already gave in to the fear. They were already way down the anxiety spiral. Like the scenario could have totally ended up differently. The disciples could have looked at those waves and been like, those are pretty big. They could have stood under the rain and been like, hmm, it's really coming down today. They could have looked at the wind and said, man, it's howling. But look, Jesus is sleeping. So it must not be that bad. If Jesus can sleep through the storm, then maybe the storm isn't going to kill us. We'll worry when Jesus wakes up. If Jesus wakes up and is like, oh no, this storm is very intense, that's when you panic, right? <laughs> Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, why do you have so little faith? Don't you see that I'm here? Don't you remember what I've called you to? Don't you remember what you signed up for when you got into the boat? Because Jesus was on his way to do something amazing. He was going to, on the other side, if you keep reading in Matthew, on the other side of the Lake of Galilee, he was going to cast out demons, to heal the sick. He's going to preach hope to the masses. He had all these great plans. And the disciples were a part of it. But they couldn't even make it across the lake. Through something they already knew how to do before they even met Jesus. It's not as though it was a whole new scenario of them. The sons of thunder were on the boat. They already knew how to get through a storm. And Jesus shows up and they're like, can't handle this. Jesus is not here to calm every storm that comes up in your life. Sorry. Jesus is here to save the world. Okay, Jesus came to revolutionize the way that we see each other and how we relate to God. Jesus is here to beat back hopelessness and despair and greed and fear and death and give us the opportunity to live as fully actualized humans who are accepted and loved for who we are. Jesus invites us into this mission, right? To change the world. And we are like, I'm sorry, this boat's going through a storm? Hey, hey, Jesus. No, no. There is no wave that is so high that you cannot rise above it if Jesus is in the boat. There is no storm that is going to drown you when Jesus is in the boat. Don't make Jesus speak to the storm because you won't listen. And I'm, you know, I said you, but I'm preaching to the choir. I'm like, God, get me out of this. I don't like it. And God's like, well, I guess I'll get you out of it, but you're really supposed to go through it. 
Ask God to speak to you. Ask God to give you strength. And I'll just close with the words of God to Joshua in the Old Testament. Moses had just died, and it's going to be up to Joshua to bring this whole group of Israelites, the whole people, into the promised land. They're still in the desert. They're going to go to the promised land. And Joshua's like, I don't know, this seems like a lot. And God, like, okay, let me talk to you directly. This is what God says. Just as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause these people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to the law. Be careful. I cannot read. <laughs> Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. You may have good success wherever you go. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be frightened. Do not be dismayed. The Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. Notice, God does not tell Joshua there's nothing to be afraid of. Joshua is literally going to start a war. Of course there's going to be difficult times ahead. God says, be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If you're in the boat with Jesus, then you're in the right boat. If you're in the storm with Jesus, you're in the right storm. Just hold on. Be strong. Be very courageous. The Lord, your God, is with you. I'm going to give you a blessing, and then we're going to have two more songs, and then... Gianna's going to share another part of our celebration of Black History Month, which is an excerpt from a video and a poem, and she will send you on your way. But first, let me give you a blessing. So a traditional benediction is like a blessing for you to go out in the week. Evangelical people generally just pray. We're just like, dear God, etc. And we, <laughs> we close our eyes and bow our heads. So we're going to do something different if you're evangelical, this may be weird to you. To receive a benediction, generally people go like this. Why? Because if you're holding your hands like this, God can't give you anything. So, just go like this. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May God show his favor to you and grant you peace. Amen. <laughs>